This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Ar-Rahmanirrahim. Maliki Yawmiddin. Allahumma laka alhamdu wa ilayka al-mushtaka wa bika thiqatu wa alayka tuklan wa la hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-aliyu al-azim. Rabbi shrah li sadri wa yassir li amri wa hal'uqdata min lisani yafqahu qawli. Allahumma la sahar illa ma ja'altahu sahla wa anta taj'alu al-hazna idha shi'ta sahla. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala seyyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man ihtada bihadihi wa stanna bisunnatihi wa da'a bida'watihi ila yawmiddin. Inshallah ta'ala, this is going to be a continuation of our regular tafsir class every um, Thursday. Um, so we were going through Surah Al-Baqarah, and we were, uh, a large portion of the surah, like we mentioned many times, deals with the Banu Israel. Uh, we are coming towards the end of that particular story. Um, so I also wanted to let you guys know there was a regular... A brother that used to come to this masjid that used to attend that passed away today. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on him. Please uh, keep your du'as, uh, keep him in your du'as. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us and to have mercy on him and on us. Allahumma arham mawtana. Tayyib. So today's lesson is mainly going to be dealing with one particular verse in Surah Al-Baqarah. And that is uh, verse 102. And verse 102 is one of the main ayat that deal with the issue of sihir. Sihir meaning uh, magic or if you want to call it black magic or sorcery. Now what does that have to do with the story of the Yahud? Last time we were here, we spoke about how the Yahud left the book of Allah. فَنَبَذُوهُ وَرَاءَ ظَهُورِهِمْ And they threw it behind their backs. So... The Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us uh, The people of the book Or the Yahud They were given the Torah They didn't act upon it The Banu Israel were also given The Injil of Prophet Isa They didn't act upon it Then the Prophet Muhammad was sent to them And the Quran That was confirming that which came before And they didn't accept it And there is a uh, Principle that whoever moves away from that which is good Moves towards that which is bad Whoever becomes busy uh, Whoever is, does not busy himself with good Will busy himself with haram and bad Whoever does not benefit from his time In a useful manner Will start using his time in a wasteful manner They instead accepted Followed Sihir, sorcery and magic and they made a claim or they had a belief. Some of the Mufassirin, they mentioned that when Prophet Muhammad wasallam mentioned the Prophet Sulaiman, that they said to him, really Sulaiman, you think Sulaiman is a prophet? We don't even consider him a prophet. Sulaiman was a sorcerer. This is what they said. They said Sulaiman is a sahir. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in, the, in this following verse, he, Jazakallah khair, he, uh, rebukes and refutes this claim. Prophet Sulaiman was not a sahir, he was a prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why do they, did they assume that? There is many stories that are mentioned in the books of tafsir, some authentic and others are not. But 
if you're wondering why is the story of Suleiman so closely linked with sorcery, it is because sorcery is closely linked with the jinn and the world of the jinn. And Prophet Suleiman, Allah gave him dominion and authority over the jinn. So, uh, if, if I go on a tangent here, when we speak about sihir, a lot of people don't have a correct understanding of it, which is why often people are very scared of it or dismissive of it. People are either borderline not believing in it, thinking it is hocus-pocus nonsense, or they are so scared of it, they think if everything and everything is sihir and if something happens to him and they're very paranoid. And Islam is always wasat. First of all, can you be a Muslim and deny sihir now? Why? Because it's in the Qur'an. It's in the Qur'an. It is in Surah Al-Baqarah, the story of Musa alayhi salam, dealing with the magicians. If you say sihir doesn't exist, you're saying the Qur'an is lying. So you have to believe in it. Because we have to believe everything that is in the, in the Qur'an. But you also have to understand it. So if you look even at the story of Prophet Musa alayhi salam, and when he comes into contact to the Sahara, to the magicians... Allah speaks about it in a very interesting way. And you know the story of Musa and his staff. Was Musa's staff sihir? No. It was a miracle. His staff literally turned into a snake. His staff literally turned into a snake. How is that possible? Allah can do anything and everything that He wants. This is known as a mu'jiza, a miracle. When Fir'aun saw this, he called the people that he taught could do something similar, which was the magicians. And when he called them, they brought what? Sticks and ropes, right? They brought sticks and ropes. And Allah mentions, يُخَيِّرُ إِلَيْهِم مِّن سِحْرِهِمْ أَنَّهَا تَسْعَى They made their, they made a sihr that made it look like, made it appear to the people that the sticks and stones were moving. So it was... Uh, what is known as sihr takhil, almost like an illusion. They made it look like these things were moving. In Surah Al-Araf, Allah mentions, saharu a'yunan nas. They put sihr on the eyes of the people. They bewitched the eyes of the people. To think and make it look like that these things are moving. So from here we understand a type of sihr, which is that to make something appear to be something it isn't. Whereas what was happening with Musa's staff was real. This is a big difference. And often this is conflated, or I shouldn't say conflated, but this is sometimes confused with the, um, the tricks that people do nowadays. You know, card tricks and coin tricks and, 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 and cutting someone in half, but not really because they are tucked into the other side and all these things. And although this, that is not the sihr the Qur'an speaks about, Right? Although it does involve uh, illusions and trickery, often it can easily be explained once you know the trick, right? The coin was actually in his hand, or whatever the case is. And often many of these magicians that you see online, it's all staged. The, the, the people there themselves are part of the act, and uh, it's, um, it's often, perhaps not always, but it's often just these tricks and these deceptions, which the scholars, they say is also haram, because it is at least it's almost celebrating the concept of actual sihir or trying to look like the actual sihir and all paths leading to this should be closed. But what the Quran speaks about is something very different and you're going to learn in this following ayah that uh, sihir is closely related, if not all the time related, to the usage of jinn. 
And to understand sihir, you must understand the jinn. And who are the jinn? Uh, it is the jinn, also sometimes called the shayateen, but the two are different. A jinn is a creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala older than humanity. They're older than humanity because Allah created Adam, and when Adam created, the jinn were already present there. Uh, shaytan or iblis is from the jinn. Uh, we mentioned uh, when we were in the beginning of Surah Al-Baqarah how the belief that, he, that shaitan is a fallen angel is wrong and that he was never an angel to begin with and that he was from the jinn. Allah says in Surah Al-Isra, Kana min al-jinni. Kana min al-jinni. Um, so the jinn are a creation from Allah that are older than humanity that exist, that also have free will like humanity and they also have obligations and responsibilities like humanity. And they are told to worship, to pray, and they have... They are from the creation of Allah that have accountability and responsibility. And they are very different from us in many ways, uh, mainly that they can see us and we cannot see them. He sees you, the shaitan, iblis, and the devils, they see you, him and his tribe, whereas you don't, where you don't see them. So we can't see them, the same way we can't see the angels, but they can see us. They also live on earth like we do. Right? They live here, they live, they die, they procreate, and they have good and bad. They are a whole ummah, a whole civilization, a whole uh, uh, creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that exists. And there are many, many of them. And uh, they, we are often mentioned together. Ya ma'ashar al-jinni wal-insi. Right? Uh, so, and also, Prophet Muhammad, one of the things that was special about him is that he was not sent only to mankind, he was also sent to the jinn. And uh, so how do jinns become shaitan? If the jinns become evil and they disbelieve, they become shaitan. Before that they are jinn. So a good Muslim jinn would not be a shaitan. Can people become shayateen as well? Yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, shayateen are insi wal jinni, shayateen from the ins and the jinn. And in Surah Al-Nas, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قُلْ أَعُوذِ بَرْبِ النَّاسِ مَلِكِ النَّاسِ إِلَّهِ النَّاسِ مِنْ شَرِّ الْوَسْفَاسِ الْخَنَّاسِ الَّذِي يُوَسْفِسُ فِي شُدُورِ النَّاسِ مِنَ الْجِنَّةِ وَالنَّاسِ From amongst the jinn and mankind. So there are devils and shayateen and evil people from the jinn and from the people, the regular people. So there is a human shaytan and there is a jinn shaytan. The word shaytan literally means to be far away from all that is good and the mercy of Allah. It comes from shatana, which means to be far away. So now we know jinn, this creation that lives among us. And they are fast, and they are strong, and they can do things that we cannot do. Right? They can move faster, they, they can do many things that we cannot do. And sihir is the usage of jinn. is the use of jinn to do certain things and to harm others. And it is done usually by people that are known as sahara, the, the, the magicians and the sorcerers. Now, Prophet Sulaiman had authority over the shayateen to the point where he could use them, send them, and they were from among his junood, among his servants and soldiers. Allah gave him power over man and jinn and even the animals. Uh, right? And this was a very specific uh, gift or dominion that Allah gave uh, uh, Sulaiman. Mulkan la yanbaghi li ahadin min ba'di. This is why uh, there's a hadith where the Prophet ﷺ, one time a shaitan tried to cut his salah and the Prophet grabbed him. The Prophet grabbed his throat. And the Prophet said, I, I held on to him to the point where I felt the moist of his tongue. And the Prophet said, if it wasn't for the dua of Prophet Ibrahim, I would have 
tied him on one of the uh, pillars of the masjid. But who did Allah gave that dominion and that authority over the of the Shadeen? Prophet Sulaiman. Tayyib. Now, because of this, the Yahud, a belief developed that Prophet Sulaiman was a sorceress because sorcerers use jinn. Prophet Sulaiman had power over the jinn. One plus one equals two. He wasn't a prophet. He was actually a a a sorcerer. And later on, a lot of the Yahud started practicing black magic and sorcery instead of practicing the Torah and then the Quran. So uh, the final verse that we done last week, Allah says, وَلَمَّا جَاءَهُمْ رَسُولُونَ And when a messenger came to them, مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ فَمَ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى مُصَدِّقٌ لِمَا مَعَهُمْ Confirming that which is with them. What did they do when the messenger came to them? نَبَذَ فَرِيقٌ مِنَ الَّذِينَ أُوتُ الْكِتَابَ كِتَابَ اللَّهِ So they threw away the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a group among them, وَرَاءَ ظَهُورِهِمْ behind their backs, كَأَنَّهُمْ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ It is asked if they do not know. So now that they threw the Qur'an away, they threw the Torah away, what did they take instead? وَاتَّبَعُوا and they followed مَا تَتْلُوا الشَّيَاطِينَ what the shayateen were reciting or what the shayateen were uh, uh, giving out. عَلَى مُلْكِ سُلَيْمَانِ during the time of Sulaiman. So this is when the whole sihir and the usage of the shayateen was popularized. And the shaytans themselves, what they were given, this is what they started following. And Allah explains something here. Allah says, وَمَا كَفَرَ سُلَيْمَانِ Sulaiman did not become a kafir. But the, the Yahud never claimed he was a kafir. They said he was a sahir. So why did Allah say he did not commit kufur? Because doing sihir equals kufur. So Allah is teaching us here something, that practicing this is equal to kufur. So Allah says, وَمَا كَفَرَ سُلَيْمَانِ Then Sulaiman did not become a kafir. So they followed what the shaytans gave out falsely of the magic during the era or the time of Sulaiman. And then Allah said, Sulaiman did not disbelieve. Uh, but it was the shayateen that disbelieved. There was the shayateen that disbelieved. How did they disbelieve? They were teaching the people magic. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us another thing. And this goes back to an incident or a, a story which is. It requires some, some explaining. So now Allah is telling us, first of all, Sulaiman was not a sahir. Sulaiman did not fall into kufur. Eh, those are the shayateen. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is now going to teach us about uh, two angels. And their names were Harut and Marut. And these two angels were sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the city of Babil. Babil is Babylon. Babylon is considered to be if not one of the, if not the most ancient city of humanity, right? Babylon. And where country, which country is it in? It's in Iraq. It's in Iraq. This is where Ibrahim was from. From Prophet Ibrahim was from. Allah is telling us uh, where sihir came from or how sihir was learned. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Wama unzila al and that which was revealed upon the two angels, Harut and Marut. Bibabila in Babil. So what about that? They basically the Prophet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that they were teaching the people sihir and they were teaching the people that which was revealed upon the angels in Babil called Harut and Marut. In other words, this sihir that they are teaching was it came from Harut and Marut. Why or oh why would these two angels be teaching the people sihir? 
Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying They were teaching the people sihir Which sihir? That which was revealed upon the two angels in Babylon Called Harut and Marut وَمَا يُعَلِّمَانِ مِنْ أَحَدٍ حَتَّى يَقُولَ إِنَّمَا نَحْنُ فِتْنَةٌ فَلَا تَكْفُرُ But neither of these two angels would teach or taught such things The magic and the usage of the jinn and that power and whatever that is They wouldn't do that until they say to the people that want to practice it إِنَّمَا نَحْنُ فِتْنَةٌ We are but a test فَلَا تَكْفُرُ Do not disbelieve So, Ikhwani Fillah, the scholars they explain is they say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decided to test humanity. And Allah does this often. We mentioned that the Yahud were tested by not fishing on what day? Saturday. And what would happen on Saturday? All the fish would be available. So that's a test. Can you stop yourself? Can you stop yourself in service of God and not do the thing that you want to do? It's a test, right? Our whole life is what? A test. Can you live the way Allah wants you to live and stop following your whims and desires? In, in, in another story that we will come to uh, in a few weeks, Allah tests some of the Banu Israel that were going to jihad. They, he tests them that they, they come by a river and they're thirsty. And they are told, don't drink from this river. Unless, you're not allowed to drink from this river unless you take one handful. So why were they not allowed to drink? It was a test. How much will you listen to Allah? How much will you obey? And Allah tests His creation. And the whole life is a test, right? Uh, Allah created us in this world as a test. So, the angels descending and coming down to humanity and then teaching the people, okay, you want to know what sihir is? This is what sihir is. But, don't use it. In fact, don't learn it. They won't teach it unless they announce we are but a test don't become a disbeliever. But if someone would then insist, you know what, I want to learn anyway, they would teach it. And that person would then be someone that would be destroyed because they are someone that fell into kufr and sihir. Does that make sense? مِنْهُمَا And from these angels, people would learn مَا يُفَرِّقُونَ That which would then separate or cause separation بِهِ with that بَيْنَ الْمَرْءِ Between a person وَزَوْجِهِ and his wife. So what is some of the functions of sihir to cause this unity and separation between a husband and a wife? And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us a very important aspect here, or a very important point here. وَمَا هُمْ بِدَارِينَ بِهِ مِنْ أَحَدٍ So sihir is harmful, right? But Allah says, and they could not harm anyone with their sihir, these magicians, Unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows it. Illa bi'ithnillah. So when Allah says they can't harm you unless Allah allows it, it means they don't have power that can overpower Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Their power, the power of sihir is not so great that it can go against what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants. Right? So anything that they do to you, they can only do it if Allah allows it. Meaning what? If you seek Allah's protection, Allah can what? Protect you. Does that make sense? And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَيَتَعَلَّمُونَ And they would learn. مَا يَضُرُّهُمْ That which harms them. The magicians, the so-called magicians that are now coming to these angels teach us this. They would learn that which harms them. وَلَا يَنْفَعُهُمْ And does not benefit them. How does it harm them? It harms them in many ways. One of them is that the jinn that they're utilizing would end up harming them. Two, that the jinn would make them do things before they allow help them. And I'll explain that later what I mean by that. Three, it harms their akhirah. They fall into disbelief which destroys their akhirah. وَلَا يَنْفَعُهُمْ And it does not benefit them at all. 
So seafood has no benefits. You know it's ajeeb. Even alcohol, Allah mentioned it has some benefits. Alcohol, Allah mentioned it had some benefits. Uh, Allah says, Its harm is greater than its benefit. So it has some benefit, but its harm is greater. And here you learn something important, my brothers and sisters. In Islam, if something is harmful, it's haram. If something is harmful, it's haram. If something has harm and benefit, if the benefit is more, it's usually halal. If not all the time. If the harm is more, it's haram. Right? This is why, this is the very important principle to appreciate. Right? If the harm is more, it's haram. If the benefit is more, and it has some harm in it. What's an example of something that benefits you but has some harm in it? The vaccine. Right? It benefits you, right? But it also might have some harm in it, right? Um, generally, medicine, a lot of medicine and a lot of um, uh, chemotherapy, it harms you, right? But does it not have benefit? Does it not also kill the cancer cells? So, this would be halal. Because the benefit outweighs it. If the harm outweighs the good, right? Then it becomes haram. What if they're equal? What if the harm and the good are exactly equal? Al-Alamatu Al-Izz ibn Abdul Salam, he says there is no such thing. You won't find something that is so perfectly balanced that the harm and the benefit, one has to outweigh the other usually. And you know what to do if one outweighs the other, right? Tayyib. But when Allah speaks about sihr, does Allah say? Allah says that it's harm, it's harmful and it has no benefit. مَا يَضُرُّهُمْ وَلَا يَنْفَعُهُمْ وَلَقَدْ عَلِمُوا لَمَنِ اشْتَرَاهُ مَا لَهُ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنْ خَلَاقِ And they learned that which harms them, that does not benefit them. And indeed they knew that the buyers of magic, the users of magic, whoever utilizes it, that what? مَا لَهُ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنْ خَلَاقِ This person, they have nothing for themselves in the hereafter. They have nothing, no share, no nasi for the hereafter. This is we emphasizing the kufr. Who has nothing in the hereafter? The kafir. The one that rejects Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? And then Allah says, وَلَا بِئِسَ مَا شَرُوا بِهِ أَنفُسَهُمْ لَوْ كَانُوا يَعْلَمُونَ And how bad is it that which they have sold on to themselves if only they knew. طيب. So this is, it tells you about what sihir is, how it almost originated, if not how it originated it. So you have the story of Harut and Marut. Now, in Babylon, Allah sent two angels. And this is where Sihir started. Some scholars say this is where Sihir started. Because Sihir is when people, regular people, get access to the jinn. And the jinn then help them in harming others. Right? Helping the others. If now, if we saw Hassan now floating, we saw him floating right here you would probably be thinking, what's going on, right? And that would look supernatural. Would that not look supernatural? But what if a genius is lifting him up? What's happening there? He's just being carried, right? But can we see the jinn? So to us, what would it look like? Oh, what's going on, right? And that it's, it's, this is why it's important that we sometimes understand the nature of jinn. We can't see them and they do some things, right? Sometimes they, they, they might be doing something like that, and then people might be thinking, okay, this person, uh, Hassan is a powerful magician. Stay away from him. Something like that, right? Sorry about that. I keep pointing to you in front of you. But the reality is they're using the jinn. Now, a lot of what sihir is, this is what it is, ikhwan fillah. It's jinn that is harming people, whispering into their ears, and they can enter and possess people, and all of this stuff, right? 
But generally speaking, should you be scared of the jinn? Not more than you are scared of a lion attacking you. Right? If a lion was in front of you, would you not be scared? It's natural. And if a jinn, you might be worried or scared. But having unnatural worry all the time. If someone told you, Akhi, all the time I'm worried about lions, you'd be like, Akhi, what's wrong with you, right? Right? Yeah, so... No, no, similarly, we shouldn't have an unnatural uh, uh, um, worry about the jinn. They exist, they have the ability to harm, sometimes people uh, utilize them. And I want to mention here something as well. When we say sorcerers, they utilize jinn. It's the jinn that, that really has, uh, the, the, is the dominant force there, usually. It's not the person, it's the jinn. Because if the person can command the jinn, do this, do that, who would he be similar to? Similar to who? Prophet Sulaiman. And what did he say? Allah only gives ability what? To him. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So a lot of times it is these, these lowly people, right? That are like asking the jinn and sometimes praying to them and doing blood sacrifices and what have you and doing things to please the jinn. And then jinn will be like, alright, I'll do this for you. Right? That's how the nature usually works. Right? And like we said, do sorcerers exist? Yes. Do they use jinn to harm others? Yes. What is the ruling? They are kuffar. They are kuffar. Like mentioned in the verse. Anyone? Are we allowed to ask them for their help? No. Can they harm? Yes, they can harm people. They can, like anyone else could harm you, they can harm people. And how do we then fight back against sihir? Through the Quran. Through Quran, through dhikr, through asking Allah protection. Right? So... Uh, this is very important to remember. It is through the Quran that Allah protects us. And that Allah mentions in the Quran, Wherever a magician comes, they are never successful. Something bad happens to them. right? Something bad always happens to them. And we know our beloved Prophet Muhammad وسلم, in many authentic hadith mentioned that even our Prophet وسلم, a sahir tried to put a spell on him. And, and this, this is mentioned in many of our hadith sources and it's authentic. And it affected the Prophet, albeit slightly. It even affected the Prophet So, sihir can have a physical effect on you. And it can harm you. And it can lead to serious illness, or it can lead to uh, slight uh, issues, right? And how do you deal with it? Quran. When this happened to the Prophet he would think he did something that he didn't do. And that was the most affected had. That he would sometimes think he did something that he didn't do. And Allah revealed the falaq and nas and when this was recited they also found the the uh, the stuff that the sahir used which included some of the prophets uh, here and stuff like that which shows you that a lot of the uh, the the, the suhara they sometimes might use uh, a, some a person's hair a hairlock or something or a nail or something like that again we don't know to know their details it is a evil uh, practice. It is a practice that exists. It is an evil practice. Sometimes we attribute too much power to it. And we get too scared of it. And sometimes we deny its existence. But what we learn from this verse is that initially it became a test for humanity. And they were told, don't practice it. Don't seek it out. And those that did would then fall into kufr. And this was a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And from there on, the practice of utilizing jinn to harm others came about. And this is ikhwani fillah what happens sometimes. And the shayateen, they, they are very uh, interesting creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They have the ability to possess someone. They have the ability to go through you, inside of you, come out, 
right? They have the ability to appear, disappear, to go far distances. And there are levels as well. There are some very strong ones. And you know this from, from the story of Sulaiman, where, for example, قَالَ عِفْرِيتٌ مِنَ الْجِنِّ Ifrit is, the scholars say, they are the, the most evil and strong versions of the shayateen, of the jinn, right? The marada. And he said, I will bring you the throne of Bilqis before you stand up from where you're sitting. Right? Again, showing you how fast they can travel or the abilities they have. But this is not something that should put ru'ub in your heart or make you scared. Because generally speaking, generally speaking, they are very subdued creatures that don't really interact with us at all. I'm sure you've noticed. Or else the bulk of humanity would be going crazy. Right? Sometimes someone is not possessed by a jinn, but people think so. Sometimes a person might be possessed by a jinn and people don't think it. This is why it's important to always do ruqya on yourself and also seek out conventional medicine as well. And uh, again, there are experts that can tell one from the other. One of the problems people do is they deny the concept of jinn possession or sihir or this. But this is fact. It can happen. And some people, they go overboard thinking every single thing is a jinn possession or an act of sihir. One more time, we're going to read the ayah, inshallah ta'ala. So after the Yehud refused to follow the Qur'an and follow the Torah, they chose instead to follow the sihr of the shayateen, uh, doing the, that, that uh, was, uh, became prominent or was there, it was used during the time of Sulaiman. But then Allah then rebukes the fact that Sulaiman was a sihr practitioner. Rather, he was a prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَا كَفَرَ سُلَيْمَانَ Sulaiman did not disbelieve. وَلَكِنَّ الشَّيَاطِينَ كَفَرُوا But it was the devils and the shayateen that disbelieved. يُعَلِّمُونَ النَّاسَ They would teach the people as-sihra, magic or sorcery. And then Allah says, And they would also teach the people وَمَا أُنزِلَ عَلَى الْمَلَكَيْنِ And such things that came down at Babylon. بِبَابِلَ هَارُوتُ وَمَارُوتُ On the two angels, Harut and Marut. Right. وَمَا يُعَلِّمَانِ مِنْ أَحَدٍ And these two angels will not teach anyone anything until they proclaim and announce إِنَّمَا نَحْنُ فِتْنَةٌ We are but a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala فَلَا تَكْفُرْ So do not fall into disbelief by learning this magic from us. But then فَيَتَعَلَّمُونَ مِنْهُمَا And then people would learn from these two angels مَا يُفَرِّقُونَ بِهِ That which they would then use to separate between a person and his wife. Why focus on this? There are so many different sihir that happens. Why focus on the separating between the husband and the wife? Two reasons. One, it is a very common sihir that is used. It's called a tiwala It's called a tiwala And some scholars, they call it as-sarfu wal-atf. As-sarfu is when you want the two people to hate each other. And al-atf is you want them to fall in love. Right? And the shayateen, they will use their tricks or whatever to, to, to influence the person in this manner. And uh, why is this mentioned particularly? Because it's very common. Uh, and uh, a lot of people, they access the, the suhara and the magicians because they want someone to, to fall in love with them or they want two people to separate them. Right? The second reason, the shaytan, the actual shaytan, the iblis, the big shaytan, among the most beloved acts to him, the most beloved evil act to him is the, 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 the destruction of a home and the separation between a spouse, uh, two spouses. In fact, there is a hadith where the shayateen will come to him and they'll say, what, will you, what did you do? I made him kill. What did you do? I made him steal. And he'll say, this is nothing. This is nothing. Until someone says, I separated between a man and his wife. And then he will say, anta, anta, you, you. Right. So this is one of the things that shaitan really loves. So again, proving to you that the shayateen, 
uh, when sihr is happening, a lot of times they're doing their own ma'arib and what they want to do, such as the destruction of a home. And which is why we should take as many measures as possible to keep our homes intact and to reconcile between spouses. And it is a frowned upon act. In fact, a hadith, although there is some issue in its senate, some scholars have declared it weak, but there is a hadith where, the, where it said that the Prophet said, the most beloved act that is allowed, the most beloved, the most uh, uh, the, the act that Allah hates the most, but is still halal, is divorce. So it is something that is verily uh, disliked, but of course sometimes it is needed, of course. Right? طيب. So they would teach them that which would help them separate between a man and a wife. Of course they cannot harm anyone with the sihir unless Allah allows it. Because nothing can happen unless Allah allows it. Nothing good, bad in this world can happen unless Allah allows it. Everything comes back to the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing is independent of that. And they would learn what they would harm them and not what would benefit from them because sihr has no benefit. It harms the practitioner. It harms the person that is being done to as well. Indeed, they knew that the buyers of it would have no share in the hereafter, meaning they would be of the people of Kufr. And how bad uh, is it that which they have sold their own selves if they bought new? So, from this verse, you learn the following benefits. Sihir is Kufr. Sihir was not practiced by Prophet Sulaiman. Sihir is real. It involves the uses of shayateen and that uh, the way it was learned was through these two angels that came as a test in the city of Babylon, and among its main functions is to separate between husbands and wives. Sihir has no effect uh, or has no independent power, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala power is of course greater, and also that the person that practices, they know they have nothing in the hereafter, because they're doing acts of kufr, and how evil is it that which they practice, practiced, if only they knew. I'm going to conclude there, inshallah ta'ala. Barakallahu feekum. Hada wa akhru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.